Okay, you guys heard that, right? Yeah, sounds like it was coming from right behind you. Not funny. Guys, get it together. We're trying to do a podcast here. Hey, booze. Welcome back to another episode of Blue Busters Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing North Carolina's The Beast of Blade and It's a kitty cat. Is it really? How's everybody's week going? It's been a long ass week, and I only have work three days. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to work tomorrow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But we have to bring Purdy back to the vets because she has to get check up for her ear infection. Oh. Yeah. How are you, Cookie? I'm okay. I started um, Hillary Burton's new book earlier. Ooh, how is it? It's okay so far. It's really pretty. It's all green. Ooh. I like the green pages. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Caught a vibe. Also, I was on um, uh, Sam and Colby controversy earlier. I didn't get a chance to watch that yet. Apparently. Sam and Colby went to the Conjuring house and did like this whole series. But these people that work there, their names are Cody and Satori. And Satori is Jason Hall's daughter. Jason Hall's from Ghost Hunters. And they do this thing where they like hold hands and they go through the alphabet asking the ghost to knock on the letter of the alphabet that corresponds to whatever message they're trying to, the ghost is trying to say. Yeah. And her boyfriend. Because they work there. Yes, they work at the Conjuring House. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cody, Kobe and Sam went and they did the thing with them. They like worked together or whatever and got supposedly some really good evidence from it. But people were coming for Cody and Satori saying that they were faking it because that uh, Cody or whatever his name is has like a history of making this knocking sound by popping his joints. Oh. And it's not actually like a ghost knocking and that it's very easy to be faked. So people were coming for them about it. And then we're coming for Sam and Colby because they've had a lot of controversies in the past with faking stuff and like not being as interested in the paranormal as they say that they are or whatever. Hmm. And then Jason Hawes released that statement earlier and was basically calling people assholes for being critics of the paranormal or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's the gist of it. What's your What's your opinion? I think it's probably that they were faking it. Yeah. And they released a statement too, Cody and Satori did, when they were like, because people were like, why don't you just prove it and like do all this stuff that, like Where do it on, on his YouTube. Oh. People were like, do like a live stream video of you guys and like make the noise and you say that you can do it on demand, but make the noise so we can like determine if it's real or not. And they were like, we're not going to do that. We don't owe that to anybody. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, I was watching Jesse Smiles and Lily Marston's podcast on it earlier, and they do a better job of explaining it than I do. So (laughs) I get why people give a fuck. Well, I guess it's because um, Kobe and Sam are making like a lot of money off of this. Mm -hmm. They made like a shit ton of money off the videos that they released on the Conjuring House. So people felt like scammed by it or something. Well, like, also, but did they actually pay to see the video? No, they no, just consumed they just the watched it on YouTube. Yeah, 
So at the end of the day, a Buddha it's not a big deal. That's people are dying in America. People are dying all over the world right now, but we ain't gonna get into that right now. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else to add? No. Bali, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? I'm trying to yeah. Family time? No. <laughs> your favorite time? My favorite Is time. Is going to celebrate with you? He's coming over, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try to do some Black Friday shopping. Ooh. Oh, I did some damage the other day. Ooh. Emily did some pre-Black Friday shopping. <laughs> did you? I like three hundred dollars from all. Nice. Like one hundred and fifty of it at the Lego store. <laughs> Holy smokes! I fucking love the Lego store. Um, that Thanksgiving horror movie has like a lot of good reviews so far. Yeah. I want to see it, but they don't have it on streaming yet, and I don't really like to go to the movie theater anymore. So. That's an old. Yeah. Did you guys see the drama with the Scream Seven? No. Stuff. Um, the girl that plays Sam apparently got dropped from the movie because she did some <laughs> racist comments or something. I don't know the full what? story. I was starting to read it before, like, yeah. I need so, to Google like, this really quick. She's dropped from Scream Seven. Um. Oh fuck. Yeah. Damn. I don't know the full thing. I didn't say she should. Wait, what did you click on it? I want to see what the post she did. I don't know if she did. No, race this is the one on the left. That. But, I want to see what she actually did. Okay, no, I am on her side, Loki. I wonder if they're going to replace her. Has she tweeted anything since then? Mm, no, yeah. but like she they, so on... they lost her and then like Jenna Ortega's not officially signed on or anything. She's doing like three movies in the Wednesday show. Yeah, she, well, she posted that on Instagram, I think. She's trending on Twitter right now. So, what's the point of even doing a Scream 7 then at this point? Literally. Because she was the main star, so. That's going to be a whole big mess. Oh my god. I'm going to be going on a rabbit hole after this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, they, their statement said, holy fuck, their statement said we have zero tolerance for anti-Semitism or the incitement of hate or any form, including false references to genocide, ethnic cleansing, Holocaust distortion, or anything that flagrantly crosses the line into hate speech. But she wasn't even, like, being hate speech, though. No, Literally. she was dating Like, that. I don't get it. That's why I don't feel right talking about it, because I'm like, I don't know enough to be talking about it. Yeah. Should we get into our pre-topic? Yeah. Okay, so the pre-topic question of the day is, would you rather face off against the sharks from Deep Blue Sea or the crocodiles from Lake Placid? That's not fair either Deep way. Deep Blue Sea. You just got to let them out to the open ocean. Emily, you're <laughs> damning everybody out here. <laughs> Make it out of all of us, though, Emily could do it. Yeah, she would. I wouldn't even try. I you just... see, I was going to say 
I would go with the sharks because they can't go on land and those crocodiles can. So I would just stay on the land and be like, fuck you, sharks. (laughs) I used to have like a big fear of like Placid because I thought that there was crocodiles just roaming all over the place there. (laughs) (laughs) That movie traumatized me a little. Um, just to be different, I'm going to say Lake Placid. Okay, Bob. Have fun with those crocs. Yeah. Do you think it's quick? The crocodile death? <laughs> yeah. Know, you're feeling that big chomp. Nom, nom, nom. And then depending on where it bites you, you might be holding on for a little bit. I just you... feel like I'd be like that bitch at the end of the first Deep Blue Sea. Just watch just myself. Jumps, yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> she deserved it. Yeah, she did. Apparently, I saw something... Uh, I don't remember when, but it was a while ago that originally she was supposed to live and have like a redemption arc. Oh, really? But then the audience, the test audience, didn't like it. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I haven't had a deep blue sea moment in a hot, in a hot minute. Somebody replied to a tweet and said Jenna has the opportunity to do the funniest thing possible and cripple the entire franchise (laughs) screen. <laughs> oh man, that's I'm like shook over here about that. But anyway, oh, I'm sorry to ruin your night. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Should we get into Kitty Cat Beast of Bleeding Bro? Yeah, let's talk about this putty cat. Okay. The Beast of Bladenboro refers to a creature stemming from Bladenboro, North Carolina that tormented the small town in the early 1950s. Descriptions of the beast varied a bit, but it was most commonly described as a large animal resembling a bear or a panther. Most reports stated that it was a feline, but could not agree on what species of feline. I would say it was a calico bee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although some people believed it could have possibly been a large dog or wolf. Many reports state that it was in dark in color, left large tracks, and it made the sound that resembled a baby crying. Okay, so maybe a black cat. Yeah. Also, do you remember in the you show, I Wolf You? Oh, I hated that. That was what made me not want to watch that show anymore <laughs> when they said that. <laughs> I'm like, I never finished the last season. I'm like, happy. I never finished the third season. That's the last one. Yeah, but I told yeah. you. No, it's not. It's oh, the first one. Yeah. But I told you what happens. Yeah, you did. Um, witnesses often stated that the beast had a smaller baby with it, or if they saw tracks, there was always a large set and a smaller one, indicating that there was more than just one beast. Wow. It was probably just a yee-yee and their baby running around the woods. In the 1950s, yeah. All right. Trigger warning for animal death in this little part here, but... Yeah, the Beast of Bladenboro allegedly caused several animal deaths in the late winter of 1953, early winter of 1954. The first reports came on December 29th of 1953. Witnesses reported seeing a black animal that was about five feet long and stated that it killed a dog about eight miles away from Bladenboro. Hmm. A few days later on the 31st, Bladenboro resident Johnny Voss found his two dogs dead. He stated, my dogs put up a good fight. There was blood all over the porch, big puddles of it and there was a pool of saliva on the porch. It killed one dog at 10.30 p.m. and left it lying there. My dad wrapped the dog up in a blanket. That thing came back and got that dog, and nobody's seen it since. At 1.30 in the morning, it came back and killed the other dog and took off with it. We found it three days later in a hedgerow. 
The top of one of the dog's head was torn off and its body was crushed and wet like it had been in that thing's mouth. The other dog's lower jaw was torn off. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Okay, but why would you leave your other dog outside? Right. Like, why? Okay, all of these why people that came after this. Alone? All of these people that came after this. Why did you leave your puppies outside to fend for themselves? Literally. I got a question. I get stressed leaving my dogs outside for five <laughs> seconds without me having an eye on them. The next day, two more dogs were found dead on a Bladenboro farm. And on January 2nd, a farmer stated that one of his dogs had been killed as well. On January 3rd, two more deceased dogs were found. An autopsy was conducted on one of the dogs, and they discovered that it was nearly drained of blood. Its bottom lip was broken, and its jawbone was smashed in. Mm-hmm. More deaths were reported in the following few days. Pet Rabbit was found on the 5th, and had been almost fully decapitated. On January 7th, a dead dog was found near the Bladenboro Swamp, and a goat was also found with its head flattened. On the 5th, it was allegedly seen attacking a dog, but it ran away and could not be found. Later that day, a witness reported seeing a big mountain lion near some dogs. A child named Dalton Norton saw what he described as a big cat on his porch that made a sound like a crying baby. Mm-hmm. Then on January 11th, two men stopped their cars for an animal that they said was about four feet long. A hunt for the beast began on January 3rd with police chief Roy Forrest bringing his dogs to search for it. But the dogs would not follow the beast's trail. On January 4th, hunters reportedly tracked it for three miles around the swamp. On the 5th, over 500 people and dogs searched the swamp for the creature. On the 6th, over 800 people showed up to look. Fours initially planned to tie up some dogs to use as bait, but ended up not doing so after receiving a complaint from the Humane Society about it. Good. Yeah. This also ended up being canceled early on by officials due to safety concerns. On the 7th, up to 1,000 people gathered to search. Then on the 8th, only four people showed up to hunt. Fraternity brothers from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The mayor called off this hunt and any further ones unless there was another killing or sighting of the creature. Evil dies tonight. (laughs) That's probably what they were saying. They were probably (laughs) all drunk. (laughs) (laughs) On the 13th, local farmer Luther Davis found a bobcat in a trap and shot it. The mayor then told newspapers that the beast had been found and killed. However, people wondered if such a small cat could have been the one behind the killings. On the same day, a man named Bruce Souls had a cat with his car that he said was spotted like a leopard about 20 to 24 inches high and appeared to weigh between 75 and 90 pounds. That's the same size as my dog. (laughs) A third man named Barry Lewis has also been credited as the one who killed the beast. In 2007, the beast allegedly made a reappearance. In Lexington, 60 goats were found dead with their heads flattened and drained of blood. In Greensboro, another farmer found his goats in the same way. A Bolivia resident named Bill Robinson found his pit bull dead and believed that the beast was the cause. He buried his dog but found it in the same spot where it was killed the next day. Four days later, Leon Williams also found his pit bull dead. There was no sign of a struggle despite the dog being covered in blood with missing body parts. Other people lost their dogs as well in the next two weeks. Tracks were found, but the creature itself was not. That's wild. Mm-hmm. The Beast of Bladenboro has a couple moments in pop culture. Starting in 2008, there was an episode of Monster Quest in which researchers look into the history of the creature and reports that it had resurfaced. They concluded that they believed what people were seeing was actually a cougar. However, cougars have been mostly extinct in that area for several years. The town has hosted a Beast of Bladenboro festival every year since 2006 during the last week in October with the 2023 season being its 16th year. 
The event is free of charge and they offer food, music, rides, and other vendors. Oh, I think that's cool when people like do that. Yeah. Lastly, in 2021, a documentary style movie came out titled Beast of Bladenborough, which detailed the history of the creature. And that's all, mm. folks. Fun, fun. What would our hometown festival have been? Abigail West. Probably Abby West. Yeah. yeah. That's what it would be called been. Spirit of Abby West. Ooh, that would have looked even fun, though. Yeah. Let's organize it. Yes. For real. Would have been like the, um, what was the festival on Wintry Hall? Wintry Hill called that they had for like two episodes and then they never did it again. Yeah, what was that? It would have been like that. Hmm. I like I it. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah. I want like the cheesy, like, marketed stuff though like oh her yeah. face lollipops and stuff oh, like that. Yes. t-shirts <laughs> yep. yeah food named after her you wanted to be like the festival and scream team yeah 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 okay for my buku moment we're talking about another kitty cat called the beast of bowman moore Ooh. The so-called Beast of Bodemon Moor has sparked stories and legends for three decades about a phantom black cat the size of a puma stalking the moors of Cornwall. Since 1978, more than 68 reports have baffled local police about sightings of a large cat-like creature with supposedly sharp, prominent teeth and white-yellow eyes, a cross between a domestic cat and a panther. A string of mutilated livestock has done nothing but fuel the rumors. Some people have reported being chased by the powerful and scary cat-like creature. Others have spotted it in the distance, not quite believing their eyes. Grainy photographs and video footage exist, but not enough to prove that it's real. In 1995, the government ordered an official investigation into the existence of the beast, which concluded that there was no verifiable evidence of a big cat on Bodemon Moor. It is worth noting that it was careful to state that there was no evidence against it either. Theories abound as to whether the beast is a myth or reality. A small boy found a large cat skull lying on the banks of the River Fowey in the late 1990s. It was thought that this was finally evidence of that the Beast of Bowman Moor actually had existed. However, the Natural History Museum confirmed that the skull did indeed belong to a leopard, but that the leopard had been imported into Britain as a part of a leopard skin rug. Oh, shit. Another long-held hypothesis about the Bowman Beast centers around the release or escape of big cats from private collections or zoos. It was first claimed that Mary Shipperfield, a 1970s British circus entertainer, released three pumas into the wild following the closure of her zoo in Plymouth in 1978. Another claim was made in 2016 by Dartmouth Zoo about a pack of pumas released in the 1980s, which would explain the existence of big cats in the moor for the last 30 years. However, scientists have rejected this theory based on the grounds that the numbers needed to sustain a breeding population of big cats would be too large for the food supply. There is, of course, the possibility that the animal is a species of wild cat thought extinct in Britain many years ago, still surviving in the moors of Cornwall. Others blame the paranormal, believing the beast to be a mythical and ghostly apparition of a creature that roamed Cornwall in the past. Meanwhile, the beast of Bowman sightings continue today. Damn. Lazy kitties. Damn. TBT to that time, we were sitting out back at our old house, um, <laughs> Big Ben, and they freaking, I don't even know what it was, but it wasn't what I thought it was. It was like a mountain lion or something ran through the backyard, and I was like, oh, I'm kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else was like, that is not a kitty cat. <laughs> 
go pet it, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> My toxic trait, me thinking I can be friends with all the wild animals. <laughs> The vibes are just too good. They would want to be my friend. <laughs> um, back to the beast of Blaine and Burrow. What do you think about this silly kitty? I think it's probably just a wild cat that was tearing yeah. shit up back in the day. I think it's Church from Pet Cemetery. Yes. And those people were dumb for leaving their doggies outside. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Naughty, naughty. Like that was like a big thing back in the day was just leaving your animals outside. That's wild. My dog Dwight would not let me do that. <laughs> Homeboy slams on the door when he wants to come inside. <laughs> Pretty Louise has been starting to do it too lately. She jumped up on the door yesterday. I'm going, girl, what are you doing? She doesn't slam it. She literally she, like, gets on her hinds and like, looks <laughs> She's day. like, hey, bitch. <laughs> it's fucking cold out here. <laughs> literally. Um, next week we're talking about Slater Mill. What are your thoughts on today's topic? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you, so please DM us. Don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at boo.busters.podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, tell a friend. Tell them to hop on the Boo Crew train. (laughs) Choo-choo! Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace out.